is Wednesday, March 29th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Kevin Durant's coming back. And the NIT final is set. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Basketball Hall of Fame class has been announced. Kevin Durant is going to return when the Suns take on the Timberwolves. And we've got an all-conference USA in IT final. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, first, let me preface this by saying uh, Major League Baseball's opening day is coming up uh, tomorrow. Oh. And, and uh, we will have plenty of baseball content each and every day on this show. We'll run through some of the top games on the schedule. I'm not going to go through, like, the whole baseball board every single day, but I will walk through the process of how I'm coming to It'll some like of my hands. with hockey. And exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and also I'm doing a baseball podcast with Griffin Warner and we have our opening day episode already published. So you can go ahead and listen to that, but we'll do plenty of that tomorrow. Uh, I will ask Steve Fezzik, who's coming up on this show, betting tips for major league baseball. See if he has some advice on how to handle season long bets any advice on how to approach the start to the season. So we'll be joined by Steve Fezza coming up in just a few minutes. But you asked what the Vegas lead is. Well, clearly, it's another system win for your Golden State Warriors. I think let's just start with the NBA because we got some basketball news with the Hall of Fame, Durant returning, and yes, your play on the Warriors was a winner. Yeah, and of course, I ended up not betting it because McKenzie scared me off of it. He was like, that's too much juice to <laughs> uh, I've, I'm scared of the system. I love the system, and I just haven't I haven't taken full advantage of it. But you're right. The Warriors do win 120 to 109. And uh, the word was that, you know, Draymond Green – uh, was sort of the catalyst. Uh, Steve Kerr said after the after the game, he said his intensity, the frustration early with the way we were playing, mad well, at the got, world, got a technical, got yelling it, yeah. at everybody, their bench, our bench, me, and frankly, we deserved it. And he said that Green lit a fire under the team. Uh, Green was a, there was a double technical uh, between he and Brandon Ingram, and it's also it's a I think it's his seventeenth technical mm-hmm. of the season. Uh, which will cost him 5K if it's not rescinded in the next 24 hours, but who knows. Uh, but he got another technical. He almost got yeah, another technical. Yeah, he got a 16th later. and a 17th. Yeah, so mm-hmm. uh, this is, you know, so it's one of those things that coaches do it sometimes. Sometimes coaches get kicked out of the game because they think that's what's going to help them. I, like, I got to be honest with you. I like this a lot because the season's winding down and the Warriors right now are holding the sixth seed in the Western Conference playoff picture. And there's only a few games left. And so uh, this is the time where they really have to kind of get their act straightened out if they want to make a deep postseason run. And I think Draymond Green being the leader that he is, this is how he leads by getting his team fired up, by getting into a scrum, by getting ejected from a game. You know, this is what he's got to do or what he feels he's got to do. And I like it. I, I mean, it worked this time, certainly. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm with you. I think that's a, the Warriors are a team that thrive on emotion. 
Draymond Green's clearly their emotional leader. He's the emotional spark plug of that team. Uh, and, and I think, you know, last night you saw a, a case of it working well. Yeah, I, I like it. Uh, and I think, you know, maybe this is the key to the Warriors having success here towards the end of the season and into the postseason. Uh, didn't I say, was it, did I say the Warriors were going to end up with the... Uh, the four seed. The four seed. That's right. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I well, like like the fire that Draymond's lighting. Some good news there, uh, at least according to Steve Kerr, he is hopeful that Andrew Wiggins will still play this season. Uh, apparently, Wiggins has been working out on his own, and they, you know, so that's a, that's a good sign, meaning he's not going to have to work his way back completely from a physical standpoint. Yeah, he's been dealing with a private matter. There's been speculation about what it is. We don't need to get into that. There, you can Google it. I don't know what to believe, but he missed his 40th game last night against New Orleans between the the foot problems, uh, a thigh issue, mm-hmm. co- uh, a, no, a non-COVID illness that he missed a good amount of time for, and then, of course, this private matter. Uh, but they think that he's going to be back and will help them in, at the end, by the end of the regular season and into the playoffs, which – it's a great boost for them. Yeah, it's a guy who's certainly a guy they've missed this year, and was maybe you could argue was was their most important guy in the playoffs mm-hmm. last year. Uh, so getting him back would obviously be a big boost to this team. Elsewhere last night, the Hornets beat the Thunder 137-134. P.J. Washington scored 43 points. That loss uh, keeps OKC in possession of the 10th seed in the Western Conference, but they are tied with the Dallas Mavericks. So good news for the Mavericks having the Thunder lose that game. Grizzlies beat the Magic 113-108. Memphis is currently the two seed, three games back of Denver for the one seed. You had the Raptors top the Heat 106-93. Two Hawks over your Cavs, 120-118. You were pretty bummed about that. Donovan Mitchell scored 44 points, and they still lost. Did his job. Yeah, absolutely. And the uh, Wizards defeated the Celtics, 130-111. Yeesh. One bit of news from Brooklyn. Ben Simmons shut down for the rest of the season, according to Jacques Vaughn. Uh, he's, they, Jacques Vaughn said he will not be with us for the rest of the year. He will not be with us in the playoffs He's going to begin a rehab program on the nerve issue that's going on in his back. Uh, they don't think that surgery, another surgery, is going to be necessary, but he is going to go ahead and start taking care of that. So uh, if you're a Nets fan, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but no more Ben Simmons for the rest of the season probably in Brooklyn. Thing. Yeah, probably a good thing. Uh, the biggest note on the schedule for tonight the Suns will host the Timberwolves. It is a nationally syndicated game on ESPN. I wonder why. And Kevin Durant will return for the Suns. Durant, if you recall, uh, slipped and fell during a pregame warm-up uh, earlier this month, and he has not played the last 10 games for the Suns. The Suns in that game are six-point favorites. Elsewhere in the association tonight, the Bucks minus 12 at Indiana. The Rockets catching 12 at the Simmons-less Nets. Uh, the Miami Heat, four-point dogs at the Knicks. The Mavs, plus five at Philly. Lakers, minus two on the road at Chicago. The Grizzlies, four-and-a-half-point home favorites against the Clippers. Pistons, plus 11-and-a-half at the Thunder. Utah Jazz, minus four-and-a-half at San Antonio. 
And the Sacramento Kings, 12.5-point road favorites at the Blazers. Let me ask you something. Is the Mavericks plus five the play to make right now? Because both Embiid and James Harden are questionable. If both of them don't play, Philly's not a five-point favorite in this game. No, no chance. So here we are early in the morning. I mean, you wake up, you listen to this podcast, and you don't have a report yet on whether or not Embiid, especially Embiid, or Embiid and Harden aren't playing. I think you fire on Mavericks plus the five. Makes some sense to me. Uh, the Mavericks have just been so – they've been such a mess lately. I, I mean, the Mavericks are a really hard team to trust right mm-hmm. now, no matter who they're going up against. Uh, feels like that's a team that's kind of in free fall, although you could look at it as they're a team in desperation mode. They're now sitting at the 11 seed. I, I mean, things are vital right now. Like it, it's, it feels like everybody who uh, is – it's decided now that basically the Mavericks or OKC is is the last play-in team. Uh, I guess maybe the Lakers are in that mix. Two of those three teams. Everyone else either feels safely in or safely out at this point. But every game's really important to the Mavericks. It's a bad time for them to be playing as poorly as they have been. Uh, the game means more certainly to the Mavericks than it does to the Sixers right now. So... It, Gun to head, that's the way I'm looking. But, boy, it's hard to trust the Mavs right now. Uh, bas- elsewhere in basketball news, part of the Hall of Fame class of 2023 has been announced. The full Hall of Fame announcement will come uh, during the Final Four on Saturday. But we now know that Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, and Greg Popovich have been elected to the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. In addition, Pal Gasol. Tony Parker and Becky Hammond. This is a good crowd. This is a good uh good group. How about uh, a, lot, a lot of sun, a lot of a uh, Spurs contingent there sir. between Popovich and Tony Parker and Becky Hammond, who was a longtime Spurs assistant coach. Spurs are playing in the Hall of Fame game, obviously, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's a throwback joke if you've been listening for any time. But yeah, this is uh this is a really good Hall of Fame class. Certainly a uh, a, a bunch of warranted guys. So. I mean, maybe the one of the two or three greatest coaches in the history of the NBA, you mm-hmm. could argue, at least one of the best in, in the last 30, 40 years, certainly, in Greg Popovich, uh, and two of the best international players that we've seen over the yeah. last 20 years, and Pau Gasol and Tony Parker, and obviously D. Wade and Dirk, a couple NBA champions, a couple guys who the resume speaks for themselves. And Becky Hammond in her first year coaching the Las Vegas Aces of the WNBA. All she oh, she does is win a championship. Oh, look at me. I just show up and win a championship. <laughs> our aces. That's right, friends. Exactly. Our aces. AJ, I don't know about you, but uh, there are some people that have reached out to try and get our advice. I get it all the time. Yeah, on betting. And I my... always ask, hey, can you ask Fezzik? That's... Well, some people ask me, and then I just say, you know what? I'll ask Fezzik because I don't want to give an incorrect response. And I know Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, is the man to ask these questions. So Fez is kind enough to join us this morning on Straight Out of Vegas AM. And Fez, we're going to throw some questions at you from the listeners. I am much better at optimally betting than handicapping. That is my my wheelhouse. Yes, Ideally, you're stra- you, are, you are the best better. 
that I ideally know. people just give me winners and and sides you like, and I'll tell you how I think it's optimal to play them. Yes, sir. All right. So the first question comes from RJ, and RJ has uh, two futures tickets on Florida Atlantic. He's got a forty dollar ticket at two hundred and fifty to one, and a fifty dollar ticket at two hundred to one. So that's ninety dollars to win twenty thousand dollars. RJ says so far he has hedged nine hundred dollars. So he in total has one thousand dollars invested already. How would you best monetize those tickets? Okay, first off, the whatever's hedged in the past, don't care. It's like the okay. We study economics, and it's called sunk costs. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that's a, I don't care if he's hedged ten thousand or nothing; it don't matter anymore okay. because because that's all water under the bridge. So that's irrelevant. So he basically has bet nothing to win twenty thousand. So he gets twenty thousand coming in if Florida Atlantic wins the national championship. That's right. So he's got one game that is what's the current number on Florida Atlantic? They are two point underdogs plus one ten against San Diego State. So I tend to be greedy on these things. And all things being equal, you sh- you can shop. You usually can get do a little bit better playing plus the points and playing the money line. So if, if I wasn't hedging, I wouldn't even think about playing the money line. So give me the two. Okay, so shop for your best number. Play the plus two. Off the top of my head, I say, why not eh, bet fifteen hundred on it? You know, go ahead and hedge. Make a substantial head, maybe only a thousand actually, because it's the semifinal. So bet eleven hundred to win a dime, because they could be a substantial underdog in the final. So, let's so wait, do you're that. betting on Florida Atlantic to win the semifinal. I'm betting plus two, eleven hundred to win a dime. That's what would be my recommendation. Oh, oh I'm sorry, he needs. Four. I'm He's betting the four, other guys. Yes, you, so you have yes. to play. You can't get middled, so you have to play the money line. So risk what? 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 what Minus one thirty. Yeah. So bet. I'm sorry about that. So bet thirteen hundred to win a dime on the other guys. To um to go ahead and beat Florida Atlantic, mm-hmm. so we'll bet we'll bet the Aztecs and the line might go up a little bit, so we'll bet it now thirteen hundred to win a thousand. Okay, right to me. So now, if then what happens if Florida Atlantic wins? Now you're down the thirteen hundred. And again, that goes goes into your sunken cost. It, 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 it's it's on the bottom of the ocean. It won't even be a part of my equation. Then okay? would you then lay the juice with either? I mean, what would the spread be Miami and Florida Atlantic, AJ? Florida Atlantic minus one, minus one and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and UConn would be five-point favorites over Florida Atlantic or higher? Uh, I, I would say five is probably a good number. Okay. So would you lay around minus 250 then on UConn and, and completely hedge out of your Florida Atlantic future if it's UConn? Or would you take the points with Miami if? If Florida Atlantic is a favorite over Miami in the final, well, the points are one, so yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll just say we'll assume it to be pick and make it to make it easier. I'm not going to hedge the whole way. What's so so if, if I'm going to I'm bringing in twenty dimes here, um, I might my good rule of thumb is eh, hedge like thirty percent. So maybe I'll go ahead and you know have a have a instead of a twenty thousand dollars swing a six thousand swing. Maybe I'll bet thirty three hundred on Miami to win three thousand. By example, mm-hmm. against Florida Atlantic. And if it's UConn, well, it's un, you know it's it, it's unfortunate. I got to lay minus two fifty. So maybe in that case, um, I have to lay. Um, if I want to go ahead and make like twenty five hundred, I can lay like six thousand to win twenty five hundred ish, somewhere around there. So you 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 get where I'm going. I'm protecting my bet. I'm making sure I make a profit, but I'm not doing something crazy where I don't even care. If Florida Atlantic wins mm-hmm. the championship. I mean, I'm paying big here. I'm paying extra. But it's it's probably you know it's a substantial um, 
uh, bonus that you're getting at the end of the year. The last thing you want to do is come away with nothing. So a good rule of thumb, like I said, is I'll, I'll, bet, I'll bet to win a dime on San Diego State and then looking towards the finals should Florida Atlanta make the, make the finals if they're playing a, a pick em game against Miami, I'll bet like 3,000. And if they're playing Connecticut, I'll probably bet it to win on Connecticut like uh, 2,500 and pay the extra VIG and still root for Florida Atlanta. Yeah, the there's no reason now that you shouldn't be making money off this ticket. Exa- exactly right. So worst-case scenario, Connecticut wins it all in, in this case. And I pick up 2,500 and I tossed away you know 1,300 along the way. So I only picked up 1,200. Uh, you, you, if you like Connecticut in the game, mm-hmm. if you say I really like Connecticut against Florida Atlantic, do a little handicapping, then you can bet more. You could bet you could risk up to ten thousand on Connecticut, whatever that pays, laying sure. two fifty ish at that point, um, because you, you're still your swing. Then you're either going to you know you're either going to lose ten thousand or you're going to win four thousand. That's a fourteen thousand dollars swing. Mm-hmm. Well, you got twenty thousand dollars swing. Um, with Florida Atlantic right now, so you're hedging like 70% of it. That's kind of a little excessive. I would not bet the full 10000 Maybe max bet like 8200 on Connecticut. B- boy, Just ballpark figures. Boy, that's a sexy ticket to be holding on to, though. No doubt. To, to win two hundred k on if Florida Atlantic wins it all. All right, here's another question that but comes. So is he winning two hundred k or 20000 20000 I'm sorry. Yeah, 20000 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's 200 k just take my numbers and multiply by 10. <laughs> yes, Easy. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, but then 200 k becomes, for a lot of people, life-changing money. Yes, yes. So In I, that I, case, we hedge. Yeah, we're doing. We're going to prop swap or whatever and trying to sell the I, ticket. I, I would not go to prop swap Actually, because yeah, by, the time, the, 10, yeah. by the time yeah. you pay the 10 the ten percent fee and then and, and try That's to find true. a buyer and all the hassles of it. It's like sorry, prop swap guys. You can just send me the hate mail. I'm getting a lot of it, for, including from sports books directors that tell me everyone hates me. All right, here we go. Brandon sends in a message. He is in a uh, winner take all bracket pool. Ten thousand dollars to the winner. He is currently in first place. What's he need? If UConn loses, he will win the pool. Now, he wants to hedge out of it because he thinks, much like, well, they are they are the favorites, that UConn gets the job done and wins the national championship. So, how should he guarantee himself some money playing against or playing on UConn? Yeah, so it's pretty straightforward. He, he fully hedges his position by, I guess, um, he could bet five, he could risk 5,000 on UConn. Right, and if that bet loses, he wins the ten thousand. So he naturally. So you're saying bet UConn future, bet UConn minus one twenty five to win it all. Well, wait, he said if UConn loses, if UConn loses in either of these games, oh, well, that's worse. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, I would just go to. Uh, I, I would find a yes, no. Will UConn win the national championship? Which would probably get like minus one twenty five. Exactly. Yeah. I just bet it at circa, and obviously he fully hedges if he bets five thousand. We don't fully hedge. We fully hedge about half. We'll look at about half an edge. Bet like twenty five hundred dollars um, that UConn um, wins the wins the championship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so, so win twenty five hundred. Well, you, 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 you could risk twenty five hundred. Risk twenty five hundred. Whatever, whatever that pays is a good. That, that's a good. Yeah. Set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And this way, and if UConn loses, well, you win your ten k. You lose your twenty five hundred. You're still making a nice. Now, now let chunk me of let me tell you what I do. Okay, and I'm I'm connected with a bunch of people. All right, so I've got friends who are professional betters, and and whenever I'm in a situation like that, I go ahead and and, and I group text them and I say, look, guys, I got to go ahead and make a bet here on this UConn game. All right, this is what I'm looking for. 
But, you know, you guys tell me, you know, if anyone who likes this bet, can someone beat this offer? What's the best offer you're willing to give me? I'll send it to the hitman who tends to be, you know, conservative. I'll send it to Pastrami who tends to be conservative. I'll send it to my friend Kevin O'Neill who tends to be more um, willing to, like, just give me the no-vig price because we make mm-hmm. so much money on doing stuff or some of my other buddies. And they'll even, like, they'll, as a concession, they'll say, you know what, Fez, I got no dog in this hunt. I'll give you the no-vig price, you know, just to help you out. And you help me out down the road on other stuff. So we'll share and basically avoid having having to pay vig in situations like this going forward. Um, so that's that's where it can really help to have a lot of friends. It's, it's almost like making up your own betting exchange, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, where I'll just throw it out. Hey, to a bunch of guys, hey, can you just take a nickel of this? You know, and they're like, usually, sure, okay. Uh, Tyler tweets in, and he tagged you as well, Fez. I'm not sure if you saw this one. Do apps with their live betting lines, do they account for players in foul trouble? For example, this tweeter says, after Timmy got his fourth personal foul, he grabbed UConn minus 7.5. Do the apps, or is it all just a algorithm that calculates the game spread and then what the score is at the moment, and they don't take into account a star player draw, getting in foul trouble and not being in the game? In general, in a marquee game, it takes account injuries and it doesn't take into account foul trouble. So when Timmy, and it made the same bet as he did, when Timmy got that fourth foul and Gonzaga was already getting punked, that was a really solid wager, but um, no. In 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 general, and you know this happens all the time. Team guy, guy picks up his third foul. It's just a a good rule of thumb to go ahead and make bets like this, and that's the that's the advantage of watching one game and paying full attention to it. Mm. You know, the same thing's really true of the bonus. Like when one team has six fouls and one has another, like yeah. one foul in the first half, it is rarely wrong. Not to back the team that only has one foul in that case, and just went—it's about to go into the bonus. And I guess that would be the same thing if you see that teams are already in the double bonus with nine minutes to go in the half. Well, live bet the over. Yeah, and and usually by that point, it's it's becoming obvious. Like when one team has five fouls and the other just picked up their sixth, and they're just getting into the single bonus after the second media timeout, it's time to go. Because I don't care that they can't score at all unless they, they happen to be Wisconsin in the final <laughs> nine minutes of the game. Wisconsin did not score for nine minutes and eight seconds. That is impossible. Is this a football game? That is impossible. That cannot occur. Let me ask you, uh, Major League Baseball opening day is, uh, you know, Thursday. Do you have any betting advice when it comes to Major League Baseball? Any strategies, any things to avoid, uh, you know, maybe plays not to look at, things like that? I think because of the change of the rules, Mm -hmm. you've got to be really active. Look at how these starting pitchers do in their first start. See if they're comfortable with the pitch clock. See if they're uncomfortable. And really, I think more of the same. If if you see a guy struggle on opening day and give up like six runs and and three innings, I would go right around and and look to actively fade him. Because it, it might even get in his head, all oh, these new rules, everybody's stealing against me. I can only throw over to first twice. I don't even have a good pickoff move to begin with. My catcher sucks. You get the idea. Mm-hmm. It could snowball, and you don't want – it's such a mental game. You don't want a pitcher distracted by all these changes. What about for futures bets, uh, season-long maybe win totals? I really only focus on the season win totals, and I'm going to pull back the curtain here. And I apologize to anyone if I'm giving away a secret here. Circus Sports has a $10,000 limit on season win totals in MLB. It might go even higher. 
it's way bigger than any other place. I just perused the season win numbers at Circa, and they're pretty comparable to the market, all right? Mm-hmm. But I've seen this movie before. Inevitably, let's say you're a big betting syndicate, and you want to get down on something. Where are you going to bet it right before the season starts? When Circa has a $10,000 limit and other books have a $2,000 limit. You need to bet at Circa. That's right. Mm-hmm. So maniacally refresh the season win number come late Wednesday night, Thursday morning, but probably late Wednesday night Mm. before I go to sleep. If I like the Miami Marlins to go under 75 and a half, you know what? All these games are going to start early. The games are going to, maybe the books are going to pull this off the board the next day. I got to go. I got to move come Thursday. And inevitably there's going to be some winning betting syndicate, hopefully not a losing one because then they wouldn't last very long. That's going to make their move on certain teams and they most assuredly are going to look to place it at Circa. And you're going to see somebody bets 10 dimes into a, a Minnesota Twins under 84. Circa's going to move to 83. And they're going to tell you, hey, dummies, some sharp money on, on the Twinkies under. You know, don't bet it at Circa. Bet it somewhere. Bet it at the other shops that the syndicates are like, well, we're not going to tie up. You know, we're not going to go to the win and bet a dime, you know, on the app or a nickel or whatever it is. It's not worth their time to bet it there. So those crumbs are left for you, and you can follow what um, the sharp moves are at the book that deals the biggest limits. Fez, thank you so much for the insight, as always, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me on, guys, as always. couple of games got played last night in the NIT, and boy, the party keeps rolling for Conference USA, we've uh, obviously everyone knows about Florida Atlantic's magical run. Maybe fewer people know about the CBI run that Charlotte had. Charlotte, your CBI champions, and the NIT champion will come from Conference USA. Conference USA goes two and zero last night. North Texas got the uh, the early game fifty six fifty four winners over Wisconsin in a game that was headed well over the posted total of 124, 70-point first half, but Wisconsin did not score in the final eight-plus minutes, and they fall 56-54 to North Texas. So North Texas wins, and the under hits in that game. Utah Valley and UAB were matched up in the second game. It's an 88-86 victory for UAB, a cover for Utah Valley in overtime where typically uh, the underdogs go to die, but Utah Valley able to get the cover. But that doesn't matter for the purposes of hoisting the banner, the NIT championship on the line Thursday, North Texas and UAB. The line on that game, UAB minus one. Some news in the NFL as apparently NFL voters or NFL owners voted yesterday to allow in-stadium sports books to remain open on game days. Uh, as we know, that's sort of a new trend is having sports books at the stadiums. Mm-hmm. The Jets do it. The Giants do it. Well, it's the Jets. It's not in the stadium. It's in the complex. So you know, it's a, yeah, there is the the there's a FanDuel sportsbook. Okay, at the Meadowlands. You're right. Mm-hmm. They're at their stadium, not yep. necessarily in it. 
the the only but I think and, the Cardinals have one in no, their stadium, it's, right? It's the Commanders. Oh, the, the Commanders. Ca- are. The Cardinals also have one on yes. site. The Commanders are the only one with a sports book inside the stadium. Cardinals, Giants, Jets have them right outside the stadium. Yeah. Uh, but this is basically another step towards. Uh, listen, the the NFL's got sportsbook partners, um, but this is another uh, another way for them to continue taking revenue mm-hmm. uh, uh, until you know. Or it's a, basically another way for them to make money on game day. So, um, and this is it, apparently there's a revenue share thing involved where. Once it reaches a certain threshold, then they share with the other teams. But as of now, this is just for the the Jets, Giants, Commanders, and Cardinals, it a, just, an extra form of income. It never made sense because, and I'd had you know, you know, people and you know, tell me in Jersey and stuff. It's like um, they could be at the game and bet on their phone, yeah, but they couldn't go into the book, yes, that was on the other side of the parking lot. <laughs> it's almost like and there are places in Vegas where this happens. So like at MGM, for example, mm-hmm. if you walk up to the sports book at two in the morning, you can't place a wager. There's no, there's there's no, no one the standing counter. at the counter. Correct. But you can always place yeah, a absolutely. bet on your app. Yeah. Some sports books here have someone at the counter 24-7. Circa. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but – not every place has that. So this this now is saying on game the way it was on game day was you could place a bet. You just can't walk up to the window and place yeah, a bet. That's, that's now you'll be able to that. walk up to the window twenty four seven. Not really twenty four seven, but anytime you're there during the game and place a wager, uh, a big step for sports. Well, I think betting. this is gonna be awesome because then you, I do you, too. Look, you go to the game, you tailgate, right, and then you go into the game, or you just tailgate for the game. And then you go into the sports book and watch the game in the sports book if you don't have a ticket to the game. But you just go tailgate. Yeah. Wow. And Sunday's about to get lit. Oh, yes. <laughs> and like, think about it. I mean, think about all the the states where sports betting is legal. Mm-hmm. Like, why Why are we? And by the way, it, like, it's, it's becoming possible in more states, you know, next year. Uh, California being amongst them. I know uh, Missouri, Missouri, as the natives call it, is amongst those that they're looking at legalizing and Georgia. But when you look at you look at all these states now that have legal online sports betting or legal sports betting in general, what's to stop stadiums from putting these everywhere? Like, why wouldn't every, if you're in a stadium where, or I think, I think we state will, where it's legal, we will now see more stadiums open up their own. And, and we're going to see sports books partner with these stadiums to open up facilities on site. And, and whether they're in the stadium or just on the stadium site, we're going to see more and more pop up now. And yeah. I think that the, the legality was the only issue why there wasn't. But for instance, Washington, a state where there's legalized sports betting, if you're the Washington. Seahawks, oh, you're saying, if you're the Seahawks, uh, why, that Washington? Okay. Why, why aren't you putting something outside? Uh, if, you know, Illinois. If you're the Bears, mm-hmm. why not put something out there? Like if, and it's not like you're, you know, Denver. Why is there nothing in Colorado? It's legal. That's Colorado's a, Colorado's a huge state for sports betting. They were sure. like they were like the third, right? Was it was like New Jersey, and then I mean Colorado's like right up there. Like they were the second, maybe. Uh, why don't the Broncos have a something on site? Why don't the Raiders have something on site? I don't know what they do. Do they? Do the Raiders have anything in there? I mean, I've been in that stadium. I don't know if uh, 
I don't know. Now if they it do. may be about a partnership. It also may be a different regu- different form of regulations here uh, than there are in other states. Yeah. About who's allowed to to operate, and that, so maybe they'd have to have a partner or something like that. But uh, that's something to think about as well because I, I don't think you can bet at the Raiders Stadium. I don't think there's I, there is none because there was, it wasn't allowed. Right. So I don't know. Because the NFL did used to say that stadiums can they can build like lounges, you know, like betting lounges, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, and yes, at Allegiant Stadium they have the MGM Club. That's a betting lounge, but okay. there's no uh, you can't bet there because you can do it on your phone. Yeah, yeah. What's the point? But now with all this change, why not put a put some kiosks I, with there? You. Yeah, right. Put some kiosks there, or have an operate uh, a sports book. Why not? I'd have I I wouldn't put a kiosk. I would literally it, like I'd take up a a big concession stand mm-hmm. and turn that into a sports book. A function. Yeah, yeah. Like make it make that's the counter. Yeah. And instead of the menu on the back wall, you have the uh you you've got the the rotation. It makes numbers. sense. It makes a lot of sense. So there you go. It uh, makes dollars and cents. Another step. For sports. Boys, some teams missed some opportunities in the NHL last night. Carolina losing at home to Tampa Bay for nothing. So the Hurricanes do not gain any ground on the Devils. They have 103 points. The Devils have 100. And so the race for first place in the Metropolitan continues while the New York Rangers with a win over the Columbus Blue Jackets, 6-2, to two, give themselves hope as the Rangers are scorching hot. They've won three straight, eight of their last 10, and they have 98 points. Yes, if you're doing the math, the Rangers are five points out of first place. Think about that, folks. Uh, the Penguins absolutely let one slip away, thanks to poor goaltending. Penguins... Uh, I thought this was a game that they had to have against the Red Wings. Uh, Detroit, who had only won, I believe, three games in their last 15 and had a terrible goaltender in net and Alex Nijelkovic. Well, the Penguins scored four goals. They should have won the game, but they allowed seven. I know, a couple of empty netters, but still. Uh, not a good night for Casey DeSmith as the Red Wings beat the Penguins 7-4. So what does that mean? Well, Pittsburgh has 82 points. They are still in possession of the second wild card, but there are teams hunting them down, including the Florida Panthers, who have 79, the Buffalo Sabres have 77, and Ottawa has 77 points. Uh, Elsewhere last night, playoff implication games. Uh, The Stars with a 4-1 win over the Blackhawks. So Dallas is tied with Colorado for second place in the Central, just one point back of Minnesota. The Flames beat the Kings 2-1, but also Vegas lost to the Oilers 7-4. So Vegas stays in first place with 98 points. The Kings next at 96, but now Edmonton, Three points back at first with 95 points. And the Sharks upset the Jets 3-0. A lot of underdogs winning last night. And the Jets still maintain the second wild card at 85 points. But with Calgary winning, they're just two points back at 83. With Nashville beating the Bruins, Nashville with 82 points, three points back of that wild card. So, 
Boy, playoff races are heating up here in the home stretch of the NHL season. Just three games on the schedule tonight. Panthers are at the Maple Leafs. Toronto is minus 145. Toronto is five points up on Tampa for home ice advantage in their first round series. And the Panthers, who have lost four straight games, still only three points back of Pittsburgh because the Penguins lost last night. The Islanders are at the Capitals. This is a pretty even split, minus 110 both ways. Islanders are three points up on the Penguins for the first wild card. They have 85 points. And the Capitals, well, I don't want to say they're out of it, but they're on life support. Three wins in their last 10. They're at 76 points, six points back of the Penguins for that second wild card. And the wild take on the Avalanche. Colorado is minus 155 on home ice. Right now, Minnesota one point up on Colorado for first place in the Central. So I can promise you this. The winner of the game tonight between Colorado and Minnesota will be in first place after the game. You like that? Because that's, you know, how... It's going to work out. Yeah, the math, the math works. Ma- yeah, math got it. works out. Uh, once again, we will have uh, baseball picks coming up. We'll start on tomorrow's show. We'll go over uh, some plays for opening day, plays that I like. Um, uh, again, the baseball pod is already out. You can listen to some things that Griffin and I talked about for opening day in Major League Baseball. And, you know, if you're so inclined to go to pregame.com and grab a baseball season package, I mean, why don't you go ahead and do that? Uh, you can take 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. So it doesn't have to be a baseball season long package. It could be a daily best bet package. It could also be maybe a UFC card. I believe there's uh, an event coming up on April 8th. A big right? one. Yeah. Big Israel Adesanya is stump- jumping That's back right. in the octagon. Is that a, That's like a revenge fight, right? That is. It's a triple revenge fight it says adesanya Pereira too so this is the second it, time they're fighting it is the second time they are fighting in an mma cage uh adesanya lost in november tko in the fifth round good, mm-hmm. good competitive fight uh, Pereira also beat him twice in kickboxing so this is the boogeyman to israel adesanya adesanya is still a minus 135 favorite but this is a guy he's lost to three times in combat sports. Wow. So and Pereira is the champ. Pereira is the champ, the undisputed champ at this point. Sheesh. Okay. Oh, I also see we have Jorge Masvidal fighting on this card. Yeah, this is a this is a really good card, man. UFC 287. Oh, I can't. Well, next week we'll break it down. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll break it down. It's not there's the UFC is taking a a rare week off mm-hmm. this weekend. Uh, a buddy of mine is also fighting on the main card. Uh, Adrian Yanez, hoping we can get him on the program Sick. next week as well. Uh, and remember Raul Rosas, the guy who got he got signed to the UFC at 19 years old. Mm-hmm. He's on the card as well. So uh, a pretty stacked card for UFC 287. You see, you can get a UFC card at 20% off. Anything. This is the glory of the promo code is that once you go to pregame.com and you sign up, you type in your email, you do all that, you get a free $25 to spend. But then you get one of our pro- promo codes, and you could spend it on anything you'd like. Anything you'd like You're at pregame.com. And the promo code is going to be very simple. SOV20. That's our show. Straight out of Vegas. We appreciate each and every one of you. 
do us a favor, share the show, tell your friends about it. If we've helped you win some money, if we've entertained you a little bit, you know, let everybody know. Uh, make sure you follow and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. Leave a little review if you'd like. But SOV20 is the promo code. It gives you 20% off anything your heart desires at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman and Steve Fezzik, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. That's the SOV20. AM. Hey.